Good evening from Paso Robles, California. This is the RNA Outdoors podcast. Sponsored by Ripcord Arrow Rest. Listen to that guy. The best arrow rest on the market. Welcome to the RNA Outdoors Podcast, propelled by Ripcord Aero Rests. At RNA, we are a public land DIY conservationists that love to share our passion for the outdoors. So join us and our team as we speak with experts in the industry to share insight knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. Good morning. This is Nick Hager from Pastoral Blaze, California. I just got done with my normal Sunday night uh, workout. I, uh, tonight I decided I should fill my wa- backpack with water. Somehow it drained before I got to the top of the hill. But I still ran hills, made it a good workout. So, uh, even if you don't have hills around where you live, find some stairs. Hike stairs for hours. And hours, and you'll be in shape for this hunting season. I'm going to try to beat all Lucas Pot at the top of the hill this year. I think Tyler Houston's in the running to the top of the hill, don't you think? I think, I think Tyler Houston's got nothing on me, but... I don't know. It is the Tyler Houston. I like his chances. Tyler Houston's got some good chances. Working out at sea level in the Middle East. Running stairs. It's better than mountains. Every morning. I don't know. Guy's going to be in shape. Ambiance lighting. Lucas has a top-notch outfit here. Set the mood. Maybe we can get some candlelight in here. Oh, there he is. Welcome, Lucas. Hey, Lucas. Lucas. Welcome, Lucas. (laughs) Camera one, camera two. Welcome to the RNA Outdoors podcast. You want to do the intro, Nick? (laughs) (laughs) Nick, I ain't kidding. I think think you've got the pedigree to, to get this thing rolling. Jesus, are you sure you're going to head back to Dillon? <laughs> I might need to recruit this guy. Your neighbor Jason's going to be looking for a new job. I know. Co-host. He's done well, but I don't know. Nick's kind of Nick's kind of holding his own. It's good sound. Good sound. Those mountains blue. Sure Got to check so. the Yeti. Yeah, they're kind of a light blue. That cold, but cold enough. But blue. Yes, sir. Well, gentlemen, welcome to the world headquarters of the RNA Outdoors podcast. We're coming at you live streaming from the uh, world headquarters house of RNA here in Pastor Robles, California, sitting in the trophy room. What do you guys see in here? Got a couple of red stags, some elk, prong horn. Couple of goats. Speaking of pronghorn, we see one of them today <laughs> down in California. Pronghorn. Yeah. I think we've seen a couple of them. A couple bucks. One Did you two. ever think you'd ever see a pronghorn in this area, Nick? Can't say I'd ever thought I'd ever see one down here. We're driving down Old Parkfield Road, and what do we see? 
four bucks. Was there one? There was one doe, wasn't there? I think there was a couple does on the far right there, off in the distance. Elk, some tule elk. That I haven't was, seen that any was pretty, elk this trip or blacktail. It's pretty impressive. You guys haven't seen many animals since no, you've been out here, right? Not many. Late, late southwest Montana, and we finally see some animals. Pretty nice. Yeah, that, that's the beauty when you come out here. Is you get out of that nice, beautiful area, of Montana. And finally, see some elk out yeah. here. Exactly. <laughs> Thirsty? How's that crab tonight? Tasty? Outstanding. What was the great American? Fish company. Fish company. Yeah. Oof. One of the local favorites. Don't go there to get a steak, that's for sure. No. We got a few other places here in town that'll throw you grass-fed meat for a pretty good bargain. Well, gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for being here. I've got my partner, the matriarch with me, who started this venture well over a year ago. And then uh, we've invited down our two of our ambassadors, <laughs> <laughs> old Jake Johnson and Nick Hager, two guys that wear the, wear the brand logo proud and tall and go out and make their own sweatshirts and happy to wear the hats. So we, we appreciate having them. They represent us very well. Thank you guys for having us. It's yeah, been a blast so far. It. So, you know, maybe we'll recap. I mean, you guys drove down last Friday straight through. 17 and a half left. hours. Or when did you leave, Nick? Left Sunday. Sunday, that's Sunday right. Sunday at about noon from Dillon. Stopped in old Layton, Utah, dropped the daughter off. Then drove straight through here to old Lucas's house. Got here about 5 o'clock. A.M. A.M. Yeah, I'm getting ready to go to work, and they come rolling in like a bunch of zombies. <laughs> Before we get too nested into this, speaking of Dillon, Montana, that's our title sponsor actually comes out of Dillon, Montana. You guys ever heard of Ripcord Arrow Rest? You ever heard of them? I heard something about them. Pretty good, pretty good rest. That's what I shoot on my bow. I think it's consensus. Does anyone have anything but a Ripcord sitting here tonight? Not in this group. Nope. nope. All Ripcord. So... Bowhunter's number one fallaway rest on the market, and uh, they are based out of Dillon, so which is kind of cool. Gentlemen here are all Dillon natives and live in Dillon right now, and actually shoot from time to time with Keith, from what I understand. Yep, shoot league with Keith, Keith and Kevin down there at Anderson and Platt. Little plug for for the boys at AP, huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> they do a great job there. What uh, what night you guys you guys shoot? Certain night of the week or shoot Thursday night at six? Okay. Us. We get together and get to shoot a big 3D screen, and it's fun. That's cool. It's, it's a blast. Techno. Techno. Techno hunt. There you go. The other cool thing about this podcast, this is the first time I've had you guys on the show. I would think that, you know, when we were in September last year up there, and we were in Dillon chasing elk, and we didn't get an opportunity to sit down with you boys, but... So it's kind of cool to actually get you guys after we've done a few shows and kind of work the bugs out a little bit and get our get our VP of sales and our ambassadors on the show. I think that's, that's a pretty good thing. That, that chasing elk down there, it's a full-time job. You don't really have much time to sit around. And I think you might know a little something about that, don't you, Jake? Chasing elk's pretty fun. It's, it can get pretty wild at times. How many, how many elk did this group shoot last year? Total archery season through rifle. 
about five or six. Old, old pork sword, he ain't here. He no, he got one. He dropped he got a little one. raggy. No. Shot yours. Miller shot pretty wild looking bull. Yeah, it was like a forty some inch wide bull, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Was it a three by four? It was a. I think it was four by four. <laughs> it was nice four. little ragged horn with a, a crooked yeah. horn. That was a nice bull. I remember seeing pictures of that thing, thinking these boys know how to European that thing up for you. Yeah, they did a great job. Nick, what'd you end up shooting? Shot a white tail in my antelope last year with my bow. Didn't end up getting an elk, but helped pack out an elk, so made it worthwhile. You packed out a few elk in that back, didn't you? No, I only packed out Brandon's. Brandon, you didn't help. You didn't help me on mine. No, I had my Jake. daughter that weekend. <clears throat> That's right. We had uh, one of our other hunting partners who's probably running stairs right now. He helped <laughs> us pack that one out. Old Tyler, having a Buddha workout right now. Yep. If where would he be right now, and what would he be doing? What do you guys think? Probably be on the thirty-second floor with five gallons of water on his back. Ooh. I'm thinking a little bit higher. I'm thinking 36. Well, it's four. his sixth time up there. Give him yeah. a break. No, I think he's he's <laughs> he goes all out. You know, the beauty about talking about Tyler when he's not here is is it's he kind of gets thrown under the bus. <laughs> we did we released a show here recently, and he uh, he got thrown under the bus by his buddies on that one. So <laughs> you got to love him though. Oh, hey, he's doing his part. He is. He's, he is. He's getting in shape. He's yeah. a good guy. He He'll just. Be- he just threw some uh, Impala back straps on the girl. Yeah. What would you guys think of them? Cooking for the my little twin nieces, so Tyler's my brother-in-law. Uh, I'm sure they'll be raving about it when they get get back to Montana here. In June. Yeah, they're moving back down to old Dillon, Montana. Yeah, that's the rumor so far. We'll see if it actually comes comes through. They going to live up at the cabin then? or? Yep, I'm going to rent the cabin back to them. Since nice. they bought it, I'll rent it to them. That's smart. Yeah. Make them pay Make utilities. A little, yeah, a little profit on them. Yeah. That sounds like a good plan. It's a good present for your brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bro. Welcome back. <laughs> pay, pay me some rent. <laughs> After you made how many millions of dollars? Yeah. <laughs> pay, me, pay me a couple hundred bucks a month. <laughs> so you guys got down here Monday morning early. We spent a week so far. Ben flew in on Thursday, and uh, we had a pretty eventful weekend. We're out chasing some four-legged critters and not so successful, but that's all a part of hunting, right? Oh, yeah. Having some fun on public lands, I think more than anything, that's part of what we do is get out on public lands and and enjoy the outdoors. That's the only way to go. It's always an adventure. Well, you know, it's not about the inches. It's about the adventure. Unless you're at Avila Beach, but, you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Getting sunburned on the second day here. Montana boys <laughs> in the beach is... Uh, you guys put some time in down at the beach. The sun wins that one put every a couple time. hours yeah. in there. Yeah. You guys like it down there, don't Public you? Public land seagull hunting down there, so... Were <laughs> 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 you able to connect or... <laughs> there was... We were tossing around the pigskin a little bit, and one might have veered to the right a couple oh, times. You guys shooting double up buck, or what are you throwing at yeah. him? Yeah. Um, bird yeah. shot. Nick shooting. Bird shot. Four. Three-inch slugs. Jeez. Oh. About did a little public land otter hunting today. Thought about it. You guys were seriously thinking about judging the yards and distance. Setting one downrange at them otters. 
Spent a little time at Morro Bay today. Had a nice little dinner. Yeah, great dinner. Somebody hey, very good. Grab some crab. Yeah. Second celebratory anniversary. Eating yeah, crab. Our <laughs> annual rod and arrow business meeting, and mm-hmm. I get my crab fix for the year, and hang out with Lucas in sunny California. Get my sunburn before I go back to Montana to get freezer burnt. <laughs> you don't vacuum seal that <laughs> rain there today. Yeah, well, he's still got six more weeks of winter, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Always comes in like a sheep and out like a lion. Is that how it goes? It comes in like a lion and out like a lion. There you go. <laughs> that may be part of it. There's too. no sheep involved in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Nick. Johnson ran all the sheep out of Beaverhead <laughs> County. <laughs> oh, Jake. <laughs> Old ginger beard over there. <laughs> All right. I'm good. You going to make it? I hope so. Jeez, if I had a picture right now. <laughs> so Pendleton's been a part of our weekend. It's been a good weekend so far. So we go out Friday night. We go camping <clears throat> in an undisclosed location on public land. And uh, we cooked up some dry-aged elk backstrap. We all put our time and effort into. And... We laid in that trailer that night. I don't think I've laughed, <laughs> belly laughed that hard. Because we kind of redesigned the model of the company. I think we kind of figured out that, you know, RNA is, is you know, Rod and Arrow is, is, is probably not the right, you know, brand or logo for this company. But we came up with some pretty interesting uh, terms. Um, we probably won't go into too much detail because we don't want to demoralize the brand. But it was quite quite an interesting night that we had out there. Out in the, in the sticks. Do you guys like it out there? It was fairly fun, yeah. Stayed up till midnight, 1 o'clock, laughing. Get to hear the coyotes yelping. That was yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, it's this year's rain in California has just made the landscape beautiful. I yeah. Couldn't believe it would be actually nice down here, and it is. There's grass up to your, over your knees. and Ticks. Well, you know, a couple ticks. ticks yeah. Ran into a couple For Brandon, it's up over his waist. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was... Got to keep a leash on him so he doesn't get lost. There's some pretty cool things out here in California that a lot of people don't quite know about. Yeah. That's think California, you think cities and traffic jams, but you get out here and it's totally different scenery, <laughs> totally different story. So uh, that's what I try to tell people when, you know, when you say California, you envision, you know, the jam traffic of L.A., you think of the city skyscrapers of San Francisco... Some may think of that in San Francisco. Others think of other things when they're up in the city. Castro. But uh, but when you get down the Central Coast area, it's green grass and rolling hills and, you know, vineyards. That's a big part of the industry here. Seen a couple of those. Yeah. A couple. We always call them cornrows. Yeah. Corn. Yeah. <laughs> vineyards. <laughs> um, and a lot of agriculture, surprisingly. I mean, there's a lot of farming and ranching that happens here on the Central Coast. And, uh, you know, the, the bigger part of the of the uh, industry is around the, the wine industry. But um, hunting is a way of life for a lot of people out here. I mean, you guys saw it. I mean, a lot of these, you know, ranches are, are you know, outfitting for hogs and pigs. And um, a lot of guys that we ran into are turkey hunting, you know, nuts. And some of the guys that we were camping with out um, at our little public land site we camped at were all out there hunting. So... You know, it's not what everyone envisions and thinks California is all the time. It, it has that, but we get away from that here on the Central Coast. It's pretty nice to have some of that release from the big city stuff. 
and there's never a traffic jam. I don't think I've ever been, other than during the fair here, I don't think I've ever been in a traffic jam. But No, it's beautiful country, no traffic, laid-back town. It's a great place to come for a vacation, I think. Yeah, you guys took off two weeks to leave Dillon to come down here. Had That's to explore pretty impressive. a little bit. Got to explore the land, you know, see the ocean maybe three or four more times. See if we ever want to come back here again. Yeah. I, Speaking of the ocean, we're working up a little <clears throat> trip for Tuesday with you yep, guys. A little deep sea fishing. Pretty excited about get that Get you one. guys out on a sport fishing boat and <laughs> kind of see what happens. Get them marked that off the bucket <laughs> list. <laughs> see what the first thing that comes up. Hopefully it's not the cheeseburger you had the night before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, we're, um, we're going to go with a guy who he's – He's got his stuff together when it comes to fishing. Yeah, what do they call him around here? He's the Central Coast legend when yeah. it comes to getting out on the ocean. I mean, and, uh, he's a he's a good guy. He's been fishing on the ocean for years, and uh, he's a great instructor. Because when I've had people come out for the first time, show up on the boat, he shows you what you need to do. Here's how you rig it up. It's simple. Drop down to the bottom. Wham! Fish on. The, question is you never really know what's on that's what's cool about bottom fishing in the ocean is you drop it to the bottom all of a sudden you feel uh-oh somebody's alarm's going off <laughs> hopefully that wasn't the versa <laughs> yes um, versus sport out there exactly yeah you drop it down to the bottom and you feel a little tug on the on the end of the fishing pole and and it's game on so it's it's fun it's a lot of fun getting out on the boat and and uh so we're going to get to do that on Tuesday. We've already got it set up, and uh, I'm going to have to get you guys dialed in with some fishing licenses and a little bit of tackle. But other than that, we're uh, we're ready to go for Tuesday. So definitely looking forward to that. Too yeah. bad Miller's going to miss out, but we tried getting him to stay for two weeks. We'll tell him how bad it is, you know, just to make him feel a little better, I guess. Send him some pictures Send of us him. puking over the rail. And <laughs> yeah, I'll take care of those photos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's been something I've been wanting to do for a while now, and I'm pretty excited about that. That's probably one of the things I'm most excited about. I get to really go out there and just experience it is what I'm looking forward to. And like I said, I get to mark that off my bucket list. That's been on my bucket list for a while. and Nothing even close to it back home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no real ocean close to Montana to go to sea fishing. <laughs> we we, we, get, to go, Canyon, we get to go ice fishing. That's pretty cool. You guys got a pretty impressive ice fishing setup, though. Yeah, yeah, we do. A little 12-foot trailer with some holes drilled in the bottom of it. <laughs> Chainsaw special. <laughs> Speaking thinking. of that, don't you guys have a little memory that happened this winter when someone caught the, the jackpot trout? Oh, ben Miller. <laughs> so, the old matriarch, so, Ben Miller. So I have a fish cam. You stick down the hole, <laughs> and you get to see the fish actually take your hook. You know, you get to see the size of the fish, and this little this little beauty just came out of nowhere and took Miller's hook, and he, the look on his face, he was so excited, and when he pulled it up, it was probably one of the most special fish he's ever seen. He about pulled it straight out of the ice when he set the hook. <laughs> I mean, we're talking what? How many inches was uh, this? Probably six four, or eight. Four oh, to geez. six inches. That's <laughs> a beauty. Stretched me, out. Oh, let me tell, tell, uh, right. tell the real. Let's hear, let's hear what you got to say, Miller. So the fish that bit the hook <laughs> had to be 24 inches. And I think by reeling it up so fast, I don't know if he came off the hook and another one bit. That wasn't on camera, so I don't know what happened between the time I hooked that big one and the one I pulled out. 
but it had to be a solid six inches. <laughs> and it's like a potato chip. You put it on the oven. We just deep fat fried it and ate it whole. It was a sardine. <laughs> yeah, it was a special moment in my career this year. Well, Miller, we have to say you caught the the the, mo- the smallest fish that came out of that ice house this year. That's so it's. You guys, had some, you guys had some pretty nice fish lined up. Some of those photos you guys were sending probably over. Probably average 16, 18 inches. Yeah. Two, three pounds average yeah. probably. It didn't slow down all day. We had fish on the fish cam, and we were, Nick and I were out there every weekend just hitting it hard. Hitting it hard. You guys using corn, chumming corn in there? No, or? definitely not. <laughs> That's against the law. Yeah. It's illegal. You can't do that. So what are you guys using? Power Maggots and mealworms. That's a secret. Oh. <laughs> Little Johnson special. Little yeah. Johnson special. He mixes up a mix, and the fish can't stand it. They just go wild. People don't understand ice fishing. I mean, they think, oh yeah, you just go out on the ice and punch a hole in there. But it's work. It really is. I mean, it's you got pa- two it feet of ice. Yeah, just getting the holes done first. So you leave your house out there then during yeah. the winter time, so mm-hmm. you can just go and. Yeah, if you don't got an electric auger out there and it's two feet thick, it gets a little rugged. Yeah. You been there, Nick? Or? Yeah, I've tried it a couple times. Pitch bar or no? Just a hand crank. <laughs> just a hand crank. <laughs> yeah, never. I haven't done the bar yet. Figure by the time you get done with that hole, it's probably going to be twelve feet wide. <laughs> <laughs> How about chainsaw? <laughs> I ran a chainsaw through it. Put a nice. the chain spot to work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've never seen a chainsaw hole out there. I don't surprise. I'm not surprised Johnson's done it. <laughs> You know, guys, pretty much done. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. Pretty much been everywhere and done that. <laughs> you cut a two by two foot hole and throw a couple poles down there, and hopefully you snag a fish. Yeah. So Tuesday we're we're pretty much dialed in at twenty to do that. So that's going to be a good time. We're going to lose Ben from the group tomorrow, but he's got to get back and make <clears> sure <throat> that the power's on up in Polaris area. And yeah. God forbid if power went down in the big hole they know who to call it's about time to do my spring survey on all the animal populations so i should be driving around a little bit in the work truck make sure the power poles are still straight getting an eyeball on critters a- yeah, yeah aka slash elk looking for elk yeah yeah it's it's been a good spring so far chasing elk around horns have been pretty slim but We've got a few bulls spotted. We haven't hit the areas yet, but... Seen a lot of elk. A lot made it through the winter. It was a good winter. Hopefully our grass starts growing. It should be... Well, Well, it's snow on the ground. The grass still froze, so... (laughs) Is that what happens? I think so. (laughs) I'm no grass expert, but when it's snowing in June, it's... (laughs) Something's wrong. Yeah, we're... It's not good for the poor animals. No. (laughs) Was it a pretty harsh winter up there in the Pioneer area, or was it pretty mild or probably one of the better ones we've had in a few years we, we needed it we needed the moisture and it was a good winter good winter it's good we're having a good spring a lot of rain lately uh it's what 85 here today so yeah it got up to 85 it got really warm here today think but. about rain today but i think it got about 45 in dillon didn't it yeah yeah i just got news it rained there in dillon today been good it's gonna be green hopefully after being down here and Walk around in green grass, knee deep. Hopefully, I'm ready for it up there. Elk probably ready for it too. Yeah, bears coming out. They're gonna be ready for it. We're probably gonna be the only guys in Dillon, Montana, with a tan. We're gonna <laughs> stick 
<laughs> you guys were the only ones here that showed up that looked like he'd just gotten bleached, <laughs> skin bleached. <laughs> Me and Brandon were joking watching you two heading to the beach with your shirts off. <laughs> well, we don't need the sun out today. We've got Jake and Nick on the beach. But you guys actually have colored up pretty well. Getting a little color, you know. Spent a little time in the sun. Yeah, laying on the beach a little bit. Made some sand angels. Did you ever throw out the Superman suit, Nick? No, I haven't done that yet. You haven't done that at the beach? Is that going to come out? Maybe tomorrow. Fishing trip? Ooh, probably on the fishing (laughs) trip. You're going to have to bring that with us. (laughs) That would be impressive. Might have to. That would make some pretty good photo opportunities. (laughs) Superman suit and the RNA Outdoors hat, and we're set. So, what else we've been doing? We've been chasing some piggies around. Been chasing some pigs. You know, we got a couple of spotted. Um, I haven't really been able to get on them, but I mean, what do you guys think about? I mean, chasing these pigs. I mean, you guys hunt elk, you hunt mule deer, awesome. you hunt whitetail. I, I, I mean, are it, these things just the craziest little critters on I, four legs? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought, but it's it's equivalent to you know when you're chasing a. A nice bull elk. It's equivalent to when you got that pig close and got it in your sights. It's equivalent to chasing a big elk. Yeah. It's, get your heart pumping. and You watch these TV shows, and it just shows them all over the place. Then you come out, and it's, it's, it's a lot harder than it seems. It's yeah. work. But, yeah. I mean, seeing those few pigs we have, mom with the 17, 18, 20 piglets she had, that was impressive. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool seeing them, even though we couldn't get on them. But yeah, worth it coming down here to me, I think. Yeah, and the, that's the beauty. I mean, you know, the the private ranch areas here have, for the most part, the run at all the pigs. But, you know, you public land hunt pigs, I mean, it it's difficult. You know, it's tough. I mean, it's like hunting anything on public land. Oh, but yeah. these animals are pretty resilient. They, they feed through the night. They're very nocturnal and come right about first light. They start moving up to areas where they can bed to, and they just sit, you know, all day, and they'll bed until the evening and come back down and feed. So... It makes them difficult to, to hunt, but... Well, and the stuff they bed in, you can't spot and stalk in that. Yeah. It's and about the, as thick as it gets. It's nasty. Like we said, the grass is so tall this year, too. I mean, it's, it's they hard run to spot right them. Next to you, yeah. you can't see them. Makes it hard to see them. And they're, they're, they're a smart animal. They know. I mean, they're real, they're real smart. They're very elusive. I, I mean, again, I think what people see on TV is in Texas sitting in a blind, you got 10 of them at the water trough, but... Hunting them out here, I mean, they're they're pretty vibrant out here, but they're not as easy as it looks on TV for sure. Definitely not. I was expecting to see them running around like gophers, like it shows on TV, but nothing compared to it. Yeah, I mean, challenge is better than sitting in a blind over a salt lick. Yeah, baiting them. Yeah, and it's I mean, people do that. I mean, they don't necessarily bait them, but they shoot them over water and stuff oh, yeah. out here. But yeah, pit, wild pigs are it's fun. You get, like I say, you get one in your sights, your heart starts pumping a little bit. And for me, it's the thought that, you know, this animal could charge you too. I mean, you know, you shoot an elk and they're going to run off. But these pigs out here, the, if you get in on a boar, they're they're pretty vicious. You know, they people have gotten hurt and dogs get hurt. I know when the guys run hounds after them. Brandon was telling a story, a friend of ours, his dog got got whooped up pretty good and had quite a, quite a large veterinarian bill. But, yeah, they're... They're very aggressive animals, and uh, especially when you get a boar with sows and a bunch of piglets, they become very territorial of their of their litters. And that's one interesting thing about you know wild pigs here in California. 
as they're almost like clockwork. Every basically three months, 33 days, three weeks, the third day of the week, third hour. I mean, it's like down to the minute when they have three litters a year, the sows do. And you guys saw the litter that that one sow had. Yeah, it was a good litter. Yeah, she had quite a few little piglets running around behind her. Good, healthy litter. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting that there's that many pigs out here and hunters conserve a lot of that but um you know i think a lot of them end up just either dying of old age or other things because they just don't i mean the, the amount of pigs that they have i don't just they don't get harvested you know to the levels that they keep up with probably healthy levels and some private ranches get depredation permits to take them off the the lands because they do more damage than good you know they plant barley and they come in and just hammer the barley so root around trees you know some of them are a nuisance out at the lake here, um, the two lakes just west of town. Um, they come in and start rooting people's gardens out and getting into people's front yards and yeah, you know, doing. They start doing damage, then they're you know, then they're a nuisance to to society. So yeah, that's taking money out of their own pocket right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lucas made some pig sausage for the weekend. Oh, oh that was man, good, that real was- good. Got me salivating or wanting to <clears throat> hopefully someone gets into a pig this week and yeah. we get to take one home. And That was a pig that um, friends of the podcast, Elon Safaris, they were out here in January visiting, doing some trade shows and visiting with um, Jason, who's you know been the co-host for quite a few shows. And uh, they, um, they went out with Oakstone Outfitters and shot a nice... Uh, We'd call it a meat boar. I mean, it was a boar, but it wasn't a meat sow. But now we're throwing too many terms out for you guys. I'm confused. Getting a little technical, but it was a smaller boar. But, uh, oh, my gosh, that thing was hung, skinned um, out at Chad Weeby's place, and and, uh, we took that thing and processed it, and it was the reddest, pinkest meat on a pig that I've never seen. I mean, and based on the amount of, feed and water that the animals have had this year they've just been excellent i mean you guys saw i mean that's the reflection of the of the animal quality this year the meat's just been phenomenal yeah the one thing we run into today is we were trying to sit over a water hole and we found one that's been there for ever that lucas and brandon have been hunting and walk over the next ridge and there's another water hole that hasn't been there and years and full of water full of water and the next ridge is another water hole and it's kind of got these pigs scattered i think just like what we face in the september up elk hunting you got usually it's drying out and you got the water holes and the wallows and it's the same it's uh i'm learning a lot on these old pigs chasing Mm -hmm. these guys around (laughs) Yeah, you, in the summertime, they become very concentrated around water because there's only a few sources. But right now, you know, we were talking to to Steve, uh, you know, a friend of ours that that uh, we went out with this morning, and he was saying, you know, between the amount of feed and the just the springs and the little areas of water, they only need to travel, you know, less than a quarter mile to get from sanctuary to feed to water and and do that throughout the day versus in a couple more months when a lot of those things dry out, um, they'll be a little easier to pattern or at least, you know, easier to find based on the the water. But 
they need water in the morning and sometimes during the day and in the evenings. So, but yeah, they're interesting critters. They really are, and they're good eating. They're excellent. Yeah, that summer sausage was tough uh, to beat. The old Paul Wallow special summer sausage there. I threw some extra seasoning in there for you, Nick. I didn't mind it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was a garlic and a garlic pepper is what that one has in it. Who who did the seasoning for that? Old uh, LP seasonings. Luke Lucas Paw. I put a little little mixture together and it was good. Add a little cure to it and yeah. Now it's way better than that store-bought stuff. No. Smoked it, grinded it, sheathed it, smoked it for about four hours, three and a half, four hours, just about right. Took it out, and, mm. yeah, it turned out really good. So elk hunting. Let's talk about elk. You guys have done a little elk hunting in your lives, huh? A little bit. Small amount here and there. 12. There was... One time a year that you guys live for. When it what what time of year is it? Second, Sep- third week of September. Third week, yeah, third week of September. Yeah. Yeah, I like third week. If I had to change it up, I'd go the second week of October. That late second rut. rut. Late, late rut. rut. Oh yeah, I get the late. Those little raghorns running all over the place, just screaming, tearing up things, getting all excited, trying to get the second heat cow. It's uh, a lot of a lot of people have put their bows away. They're getting ready to rifle hunt, and I've had a lot of good days on oh, October seventh through the fifteenth. I would say twentieth. That last that, week and a half. That's the tail end of the the archery season, <clears throat> yep. at least in Montana. A lot yeah. of people overlook that second rut. Yeah, think that first rut goes through and it's all over with. So they all. Like Miller said, they head back home, hang the bows up, get the rifles out, get them sighted in, but still elk bugling in the woods. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever heard elk bugling in rifle season? Uh, I have. Yep, I have. First couple days, but... Yeah. Guns usually shut them up pretty quick. Yeah. yeah a few shots sure. later, they quit bugling. Yeah, you don't, you don't hear them after third or fourth day of opening rifle season. They just... they. Head for, Quiet the high, up. head for the high country. And yeah. I was in Colorado in November. It's been six or seven years ago. And uh, it was the first week in November, and elk were bugling. There was snow on the ground. Oh. And uh, we could hear this elk bugling. We couldn't find them. We couldn't find them. We were sitting on this bench. It was almost like a, a mesa. And uh, we kept looking, looking. Finally, we spot a cow, another cow. And... There's 40-some elk in there, and there's there was a bull in there. He was a smaller six-point, just bugling his brains out, you know, on first week in November. Clearly wasn't a, a rut activity happening, but he was still bugling, you know, if it was a dominance thing or... There is... I have actually heard that now that you mentioned that in Powell County where I grew up late November, Thanksgiving weekend we could hear them just kind of talking to each other is you know i don't know if it's herd talk or what they're doing but Mm -hmm. just communicating with each other and you're sitting on a rock with your orange on and your gun and it's not quite the same as bow season and next thing you know you hear a little bugle and 
It's your heart not, starts it, racing. Yeah, yeah, your heart starts racing. <laughs> you well, geez, yeah. this isn't even fair. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, there's nothing like an elk bugle, as far as I'm concerned. You guys, I mean, if you had to choose, <clears> I mean, if, if it was archery or rifle, I mean, is there any question what you would choose? No. no. Go with archery. Archery. Yeah. Archery. What is it to you guys about archery that, <clears throat> I mean, you talked about the bugle, but what is it about that time in September that's just so magical for you guys? Oh, Up close and personal. Yeah, you have to get close. You have to you you're have in, to look them dead in the eye, and they're looking at you right back. And You're in their house trying to get close enough to them when they know all the tricks in the book. And yeah. You're just walk, sometimes walking in there blind trying to find them bedded. Yeah, trying to outsmart one of the smartest animals. And it's You guys got pretty close to a decent little bull last year. Yeah, we yeah. had some good video of that. We Kinda did. What, what happened on that setup? Well, we set up in a meadow. Uh, I was calling. Johnson Meadows, wasn't it? Johnson yeah, Johnson Meadows. Meadows. I was calling. Jake was just to my right, and we were just seeing if anything was going to come out feeding. We were about ready to pack up and go, and Jake tells me not to move, and I look ahead, and here comes a rack out of the sagebrush. and So I whipped the video camera out, and he knocked an arrow and didn't really stand a chance. Bull come right into us. I don't know, 15 yards, I think. Wow. He went kind of draw made one slight movement and that bull had us pinned mm-hmm. he turned on a dime and went straight back to where he came from we, had a, we had a few encounters last year i think it was uh that was quite the year i was uh, i had a baby in <laughs> august congratulations 29th ben your timing was great wasn't that supposed to be september 14th it was supposed to be the best my favorite day of hunting season which would have been fine i'd have been happy to be there at the hospital with the wife supporting her supporting her but uh yeah the baby came early and uh it was a little more work than i thought to get that one raised up so but the days i did get out hunting we there was a lot of critters around yeah it was a good season for the elk i remember the first night we bombed out of the truck we all got up there three or four <laughs> trucks roll in and off in the distance elk bugle and it just started from there yeah kicked off the ear right yep we all bailed out of the truck we had elevation sickness williams getting down and yeah. flinging arrows as he does <laughs> he comes with a quiver that's for sure a quiver full a quiver full he needs that tight spot seven arrow yeah. you need to you need to get him set up with that seven arrow versus that five arrow oh. if we can get more than seven arrows that'd be great <laughs> we'll, we'll each pack one of his arrows when we're out <laughs> just for a spare bonus arrow that along with guy. his quiver filled yeah. that poor guy he you emptied got... his quiver a few times didn't he <laughs> no comment <laughs> On He's little, not here, so we can talk about out him. Out on a little deer spot we had, Jake ended up shooting a decent whitetail out there. The one Williams was supposed to shoot. He sneaks, <laughs> crawls out to this buck and, I don't know, 40, 50-yard shot, and he, I have it all on video, he launches an arrow and, He's looking, and the buck kind of hops up and stands and looks at him, so he knocks another arrow, launches one out in the field somewhere. The buck kind of hops a couple times and looks at him again and, Williams knocks and launches another arrow. <laughs> buck hops a couple more times. At this point, the buck's probably 60, 70 yards. So, yeah, Williams knocks another arrow, launches another one in the field. 
empties his quiver, yells at Jake, come <laughs> yeah. shoot the buck. He's, he's yelling at me at this point in time. He's like, Jake, get out of here. So I crawled out there, and uh, I'm crawling. I meet up with, I meet up with Brandon, and I, I asked him what, what's going on, what happened. He thought he bumped his sight, which, you know, it, it happens. happens. It sure. does happen. It happens. And uh, I talked to him, and that buck was still still there. He was he's curious. We had... We were kind of blending in with our surroundings pretty well, so we were hunkered down. And I, I ranged him at it was fifty nine, so I held my sixty yard pin right on him, and I just released, and it was a good sound, good hit, and he didn't go sixty yards, sixty yards, yeah, if that. And it was it it turned out to be a good buck, and I mean, (laughs) I'm proud. I'm very proud. I would have liked to see Brandon get him, but I'm. (laughs) But I'm more happy that I got him. Type <laughs> sure, thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was think, a great buck. Yeah. I think it was that next night we went up on the hill, told Brandon to shoot his bow and <laughs> 20 yards, he shoots one at the target, and he was definitely dialed in at 20. Yeah. <laughs> I think he about missed the target completely. We threw the block out, and we said, shoot that bow. And he was so mental at that point after dumping the quiver, and he'd been thinking about it all night. He even told me the next morning, he goes, man, I didn't sleep last night thinking about my bow. Is it off? So... We get up on the mountain, and he shoots at that block and puts one up in the upper right-hand corner and shoots another one in the lower <laughs> left-hand corner. <laughs> so he's all over the block, so he's just going crazy. So I grab his bow, knock an arrow, whammo right in the middle, and I hand it to him. I said, it's not the arrow. I think it's the Indian, son. Yeah. And that just totally wiped him. So then we start moving his sight, and oh. What a he mess. Had, had him scoot little, up to 10 yards, you know, which yeah. it happens. Sometimes you got to yeah. scoot up, get your confidence back. Yeah. And <clears throat> He had a rough year last night or last year, but he made it paid off, got a bowl. And he did. Yeah. Shot, of, shot at 50 yards, bottom of the ninth. I argue it was the bottom of the ninth. <laughs> he kept his composure. Yeah, kept his composure on that one. Bring Sm- in the closer, and he, he got her done. Oh, boy. <laughs> You got a decent bull last year, didn't you, Lucas? Got a decent bull. Let's hear about that. So we were dropping in and uh, heard elk bugling like crazy. Was it Brandon, Tyler, and me? Jake, were you with us that night? I don't think I was with you on the shot. You weren't with us the night of the shot. but uh, Next day. Next day you came in and we packed out. But, yeah, we, we heard we just started following bugles bugle after bugle and we drop down and uh sure enough i'm at this kind of corner area where um you could see where the kind of the topography changed and i look down and there's a cow I'm like okay all right so we kind of hunker down and we start looking and tyler um comes up behind me and he's he goes i'm gonna go back i'm gonna start calling so he goes back and starts <laughs> starts running the running the bugle which <clears throat> for whatever reason actually worked because that bull just kept <laughs> responding to him but they were just held up i mean they were you know 150 yards away and just held up wouldn't come in wouldn't come in so i turned to brandon and i said hey man i'm i'm going in after him you know and he goes well let's let's try to call him in i said he's he's not coming in you know it's been 20 some minutes we've been playing cat and mouse with this bull and he just won't come in so went on the aggressive side went aggressive and pushed in and I remember walking down this trail and looking up and all of a sudden I seen there was this pine tree and I seen this set of horns come out behind this pine tree. I'm looking and I'm like, oh, and just totally pinned. There was a small raghorn there, probably like a 
230, 240-inch bowl, not, you know, just like a 4 by 5 So I stood there for probably 20 minutes, and it was like getting on to 7 o'clock, getting dark, and he put his head back down, kept feeding. So I just waited there, and I wasn't going to shoot him because it was like the second night I think I'd been out. And uh, finally he ended up walking back, and all of a sudden you started to just see elk after elk after elk. So they pushed out, and uh, so I pushed in and just kept following that bugle, following that bugle. And uh, the bugle ended up kind of heading down below us, which um, got into some property that was just nasty that, you know, that time of night I wasn't willing to go after. But um, there was a there was a group of elk that had crossed us up above us to the left. So I was thinking, well, I'm just going to hang out here. And sure enough, I'm sitting there behind this stump and I kept ranging certain things. A cow runs down and then another cow runs down. And then a spike runs down, and they're coming down, and it's between 38 and 42 yards. They're running down, so cow comes down, stops. I range her. It was like 38, 39 yards. Another one comes down. So about 15 elk come working their way through, and I'm thinking, okay, there's got to be a bull in this group. And sure enough, the last animal that came through was at five point, came in 38 yards, stopped, and started feeding right there. And it was dark. It was, I mean, it was... It was still shooting um, hours, but it was getting to that point that was, and uh, it was getting, it was dark. Knocked an arrow, let an arrow fly. Totally hear that sound hit, right? He oh, runs yeah. off and no cell service. Tyler and Brandon head back to the truck. They quit calling. So I'm down here by myself. Couldn't find any blood. It was dark at that point. I'm thinking, well, I know I hit him. So, um, that was a hard, that was a, that was about an hour and a half, hour to hour and a half walk out based on where we were because we parked all the way on top of the ridge. So walked out by myself, got back to the top, got back to the truck, and uh, they were there. And uh, I told them, I said, hey, I'm pretty certain I hit this elk, you know, but I didn't want to spend a lot of time. I didn't want to push them. I didn't want to bump them. You and I, yeah. three years, two years prior to that, hit that, you bugled that five point in. I smacked him, blood <coughs> everywhere. And I think we just Pass. got too antsy. Passed through, bleeding out both both sides. Pushed him after an hour, thought oh. he'd have been done, and we jumped him and never saw him again. So I said, you know what, I'm going to leave him. Back out, came in the next morning, and within 100 yards of where I shot, he was piled up. Yeah, that was, <clears throat> that was a pretty fun time on my experience hunting with you guys. I mean, yeah, we went out there. We walked probably an hour, hour and a half in, you know showed us where you where you shot from where you thought you might have hit the elk and you know we took our time we looked around i mean started tracking and i think tyler was actually the one who he did sp- spotted the bull and he was he was piled up not 100 yards away from where you said you shot him and yeah he started fist pumping and uh. soon as <laughs> we were all excited and Lucas's face lit up. He was all smiling, and then right after we started high fiving, we heard an elk bugle in the background. I mean, it was just—it was insane. It, it's there, there was elk moving still. There's plenty of elk in that country this year. We had a. Hopefully next year can be this. Well, this year I guess now we're <clears throat> what four or five months away. Yeah, we're catching into May. Hopefully so. it'll be the same way down in that little hole we found this year and yeah it's a lot of work to get in there but it's, it's 
paid off last worth year. It. It's it's worth it, I think. And oh yeah, we've well we're we're going to release the Montana video here probably in the next few weeks, but um, all that video was taken by everyone in this room, which was the three of us. Yeah, Nick, Brent, and myself, and I had close to I think over three and a half hours of a video footage of elk that I condensed into 22 minutes. Um, so it was, it was, it was a phenomenal year, but I'll tell you that was a sleepless night I had. I remember we came off the mountain and, and, you know, we've all hit an animal, right? With our bow and you replay it in your head a million times, a million times. Right? Okay. I had remember, okay. I remember I followed through, I released, but that one was a tough night. And, uh, yeah, the next morning going in there, it was crazy because, we were going in, and we were hearing bugles as we went in, and uh, Tyler Tyler ended up finding the bull. So Jake and I stayed back, and we cut them up, got our photos together, and uh, got them all got them all cut up. And then Brandon and Tyler came back, and uh, it was just it was just a lot of fun. Packed them out. One trip we got them out in. So you guys went straight uphill on that one. Yeah, we did the long we did the way, uphill. long hump out on. Yeah, that. it was pretty good trail though it was a, yeah it was a good trail yeah it was definitely a good hump, for sure though. tyler ended up taking his shirt off packing well, elk out this year he's going to be in shape so he'll probably have that six pack but nick just can't seem to pull off <laughs> <laughs> nick you uh <clears throat> you started working out though haven't you nick you've been hitting the gym the 24-hour gym and dylan and getting ready for elk season i've been trying to yeah working out with uh my old buddy jared krueger Used, nice. to, used to work out there at A and P, and okay, a couple other guys. Kevin Anderson's down there with us, and trying to get in shape. I got to start hiking a little more, but yeah, we're not. Chest is filling out, yeah. and arms are starting to get dialed in. Stacking on the big old guns for the gun show this year. Looking at that dinner you had tonight, the King's <laughs> combo. Jeez, <laughs> what did that include? I think what it, didn't it include well, for the ocean? A platter for five, and well. <laughs> The old Hager just handled it. Jeez. You know, one of these days I might get a six-pack, but <laughs> <laughs> got to do a sit-up for those, I guess. <laughs> a little less curls and a little more sit-ups. <laughs> he yeah, tried one been, once, but it hurt. Yeah, there's there's no, no, shortage of, that. no shortage of the curls happening this weekend. No, I've got to keep my arms going with these curls. So, <laughs> so 2017, so we talked a little, reflect a little bit about last year's elk season. What... What do you guys see this year as something to look forward to, something that, um, you know, based on weather conditions, based on some of the shed hunting that you guys have done, are you guys seeing some positive signs going positive. into this year? High hopes, high hopes. Yeah. Some of the bulls we've seen this year that haven't dropped yet, were, there's been some decent fives that will grow to be some good sixes with the grass that I'm pretty sure we're going to have once the snow melts off if it's grass not completely dead because it's mm-hmm. too cold now, but couple of the bulls we seen last year i mean if they made it through rifle season they're going to be pigs yeah they're going to be real nice bulls there'll so. be a few at least 320 330 bulls if not bigger yeah if they made it through the rifle season but rifle season that place gets pounded down there so yeah that's part of the issue tough saying you know even in that big group elk we saw there was a handful of six points you know if a few of them get thinned out and you have a good moisture year you know, those things are going to pack on a few more inches, you yeah. know, this year. The hope is, is that, you know, that they didn't get taken in rifle season. But, 
you guys have hunted that area during rifle season, so you know exactly what happens. It just we hit an opening day this year, and we didn't see an elk one in there. Yeah. Which there it could were, be a good thing. Yeah, we didn't there were see a lot an elk of people one. that a lot of people went in early. I think and spooked all the elk out. I think we've seen three or four camps probably just right along the edge of the okay. big bowl, and they'd been in there a few days. So I'm guessing they pushed all the elk out of there and the ranch there's a ranch down there and they haven't heard any big news about big bulls being taken off there so and last year to 2016 was i don't know if it was the lowest harvest success year yeah it was really it was was one of the worst we've had so if that's any indication on what we're gonna have this year that should be mean higher elk numbers we did have a tough winter but it was 60 degrees on Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah, it was We didn't get our first warm. snowstorm till the Decent. day after rifle season. Yeah. Snowed so. a little bit, but. Hunting was tough this year. A lot of people were unsuccessful, which is, is good going into 2017. Sure. Uh, a lot of the scouting trips we did, where you usually go up and see 15 spikes or whatever, you know, you get excited because they're, they're legal bulls next year. Mm-hmm. This year we were seeing, they were 15 raghorns. Yeah. What was that one? 23, 21, 24 bulls? I want to say 23, 24 bulls, yeah. They were all branch bulls. That was was a good group. Good group. Healthy group. New area that we just kind of went into on a drive one night. Uh, Another area we went into on a drive one night, me and Jake, after work, thought we were going to see some milk. I think Jake saw two, two mule deer, and that was it. Yeah. So, yeah, they're that's all part of it scattered in different country this year with all the snow. But I think it's going to be 2017 is going to be good. I'm I hope excited. Well, Real that's been excited. one of the buzzes about like in some parts of Wyoming and parts of um, southwestern Colorado about the winter die off with a lot of the fawns and the calves based on the amount of snow. Did southwest Montana get some of that or was it because? Because I heard parts of like northern Wyoming just got hammered, which is kind of in that same weather pattern. But I don't think that southwest Montana got hit that hard, did well, we they? We got snow, but I don't think it was enough to have a huge winter kill. Uh, yeah, we had a late winter, so I think. Them, them, nah. Those elk are down low. They're down real low. They're still low. down real low. So they're, there's antelope. <laughs> as hardy as an antelope is, they're what 2,000 feet higher than the elk right now yeah they're at the cabin and the elk are the elk are the elk are mile below than the, the cabin, cabin. Yeah. down the flats they're down in the flats so they're they're setting themselves up they're gonna hopefully have a good crop this year and yeah hopefully the wolves don't bug them too much but we're seeing a lot of elk and maybe that is a bad sign that they're all down low well they're saying they're i mean the parts of southwest montana are are at um you know in terms of population you know there's some that are overpopulated there's some units that are just at target there's still a few that are under target that they say but most of the general areas that most of the you know we've hunt in are all at either at target or above target so and i think i don't know i mean i'm partial to montana because i'm born and raised there and i i still get to hunt as a resident in that non-resident program but um the price to hunt there as a non-resident, it's the most expensive tag 
you know, out there as a non-resident to hunt over the counter mm-hmm. for non-resident. And uh, I think when Montana did that, I think they ran a lot of the non-residents away, which isn't a bad thing, but it's expensive. It, it's a good thing when it I comes mean, to public land hunting. It does. It, right. it helps us locals out. but It's a good price, but, you know, even for non-residents, you put the time in, and they're, elk are not easy. They're very smart, you know. They're not easy. You put the time in. You put the hard work in like we all have. I mean, you can be su- you can be successful, but you, you do got to put the time in. You got to study. You got to learn. You got to – they're just – a lot, of no failures. a lot of failures. There's more failures than success, but or you can be Brandon Williams come up there two years in a row and kill two bulls. Yeah, and see that's There's, that's another thing. That's you a get success rate that you, he's got some good friends. You got you got there. some good friends. You gotta that guy out of the box the first year. Three days. He thought he thought elk hunting was two guys sitting back calling that bull comes in at fifty yards and all he had to do was Game squeeze over. the trigger. Yeah. And uh, he didn't get that experience last year. He had to work for it. But he kept squeezing the trigger. <laughs> he squeezed it <laughs> quite a bit last times. year. But <laughs> oh, we keep joking about how we were going to cut the bowstring off on that bow. Man, he was <laughs> threw the bow down and he kind of beat hunting. himself up. Yeah, well, he, he had a tough year, but he also came out successful. So he did. It's a big plus there. Yeah, put meat in the freezer for the family. We had to build him up that last day. It was the last day oh, of hunting. Oh, yeah, and. Uh, he was just about done, and I said, "Pick your bow up." We had scouted 150 elk had passed into this bedding area, and we got in on those elk. And sure enough, he 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 punched his tag. So yeah, they, like, Lucas's pack was a long one, and Brandon's was even longer. Not quite twice that far, but it was a long. His was a ways out. I got out of the house that night, and we got called in for backup. And I, Nick was there, sicker than a dog. I think he had pneumonia. You After were sick, Nick. I was, was hacking up along. I felt bad. So I was with these guys up on the hill, and elk are bugling. I'm trying not to cough real loud to scare all the elk. And somehow we still made it happen. Got a bull on the ground. But yeah. that pack out was probably one of the roughest ones I've had. I sat at the truck and was eating donuts waiting for them. And I think <laughs> at uh, 9.30, me and my buddy headed out of the hills. I had to get home, see the wife and kid. Yeah, we weren't too and happy with you, but they they got in about midnight, or I don't know. Oh, when. it was at least midnight. Well, after he, dark. By the time we broke that bull down, shot the bull, broke the bull down, it was dark, and then um, we started that pack out. It was dark all the way. It was two hours, a little yeah, over two hours two hour to hike out, yeah. pump out of there, and we there between the four of us, we were packing out. You know, we took the meat off the bone on the fronts. We left the rears, and then we took the cape and the and the full head. So that was quite a it was quite a pack out, and all our gear. Right when you go in for the day, you got thirty forty pounds in your pack of stuff. You know, food, water, and then you know we were each we were each between eighty to one hundred and ten pounds a piece in each pack. So yeah, and this this year, uh, well, since I wasn't there. The boys seemed like they did it a little different. They were they were hunting all day instead of morning hunt, afternoon hunt. I like to get home and have a cheeseburger or whatever. Swiss burger. Swiss burger. And these guys were dedicated. They were putting the hours in, putting the miles in, that's for sure. Put a lot of miles on that week. You guys were there. And then 
boy, after they had that country scouted out, I went up with old Nick, and we had a lot of fun. They knew where every elk was. Every elk had a name. and Yeah, we kind of had it dialed in at that point. It was pretty fun. What, September, mid-September, you left? It was, yeah. It was, we left on the 18th, I think. Oh, 18th boy. or 19th, which is when that rut really kicked in. I mean, the moon phase was a little off this last year, but the rut still happened, I think, in that 18th to... 25th 24th range that equinox when the autumnal equinox hits that seems to always be kind of the the deciding factor yeah you can just bank on that whether i people look at the moon i just mark it on the calendar yeah that 15th through the 24th there's going to be elk and they're going to be bugling yeah and like i said earlier that october late rut Something that's real overlooked. I don't want to see a bunch of people out there, but I like to hunt it. Put it that way. They're talking <laughs> this year with the moon phase. I don't know if you guys have looked at what the moon phase cycle looks like in September, but between that window you're talking, the second to third week, there is no moon. They're talking this is like one of the best, from a from a lunar calendar standpoint, one of the best years, you know, for elk hunting based on the based on the calendar of the of the moon. So, we. I mean. Odds start to stack up in your favor. We'll see in the twenty, what twenty eighteen video, twenty seventeen video. That's right. It'll be the twenty seventeen video. RNA Outdoors. We'll see how that. We got you the, guys tripods now, so that will yeah, help my. Hopefully, the video is going to be a little better quality next year. We, I'm kind of out here learning on this hunt we're doing now, and the key is you guys are trying, and that's all that matters. We're having fun doing it. Having a blast doing it. Yeah. Like I said, we appreciate everything you've done this week for us. And oh, yeah. This coming hey. week, it's opened your doors. I mean, oh, yeah. We didn't made even, us feel right at home. We forgot to mention the four horned ram he's got in the corner there. Yeah, that's a pretty. He looks over the house. That's a <laughs> specimen that he's I got. If, I know if I walked in and saw that, I'd probably be <laughs> like, oh, it's time to go. Yeah. I didn't name him. I probably should name him. But. Maybe name her Lisa or yeah. <laughs> maybe Lawanda. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it really it starts doesn't. with an L. I think it's a female, but it don't matter. Oh geez, look who's look who's texting on WhatsApp. Uh oh, we got Tyler Houston. I wonder if he's doing a he's doing his next ten ten gallon challenge. Running some stairs. Yeah, old T Houston in Abu Dhabi. Well, boys, um, we should probably close this down. But you know, I, from my standpoint, I've had a great time hosting you. I've had a great time knowing you guys. Um, it's just been a blast being able to, you know, we get on these group texts like we were talking about, and Brandon and I are out doing something, and we're out jumping on the group <laughs> text, and then you guys are out shed hunting, sending pictures, <laughs> and we're on the tail end of that, and you, you guys are texting each other like you're in a a private conversation and we're seeing all the detail and the text messages i'll look down on my phone and it'll say like 39 next to the message thing like jeez you guys are just hammering it out but um god it's been it's been great i i just look forward to a lot more years of getting in the woods with you guys and you guys are a couple years younger than me and ben yeah, just yeah. a couple yeah i it's... think i think when we were listening to ace of base you guys were still eating 
I don't even know who <laughs> milk, that is, so. milk and kids oatmeal. <laughs> I'm not sure who that no, is. No, we've we've learned a lot from you both. I mean, we really appreciate it. We really do. I mean, there's always something to learn every day and you guys are taking us on the right track and Yeah. We couldn't be happier to follow. I mean These past would. two years since I've known I guess both of you guys, it's hunting's been totally different. I mean the old man and I used to go out and we'd get into elk, but taking it to the learning, next level learning so much more from different people's point of views and it's been a blast yeah well i think people's mindset when they go out there it's like hey man if we just get into elk i mean that's cool but me it's like i want to get into elk and i want to get a 20 yard encounter right and i want it if it's not the right bull i don't want to shoot but the more encounters you have i think you always learn so much every single time and if it's the big one that comes in and slips you you know, you always play it back in your mind, you know, what could I have done different? You know, exactly. was the setup wrong? Was the wind wrong? So it's those encounters that I think, you know, you know, we learn every single time when those types of events happen. And But you got to be out there. That's what I've always said. You're not going to have an encounter sitting at home. Yeah, you're you not going to learn nothing yeah. sitting at home. You yeah. don't learn Everything from you me. see on TV, you can't, you can't just think you're going to watch TV and go to the woods and get yeah. on the bulls. It's not it's realistic. All, you don't learn from your successes out there, right? You know, the day you, everything works right, it's because all your those failures, you kept learning and learning and learning. And it just, it's what gets us going every day. Yeah. I mean, you come up for two weeks. You don't want to, you start getting down on yourself. There's a bunch of us yahoos out there and picking on each other and, all right, let's go. We this today might be the day after failing for four days and Yeah. Or well like William said, it's two weeks. The highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Yeah, it is. It really is. Every emotion <clears throat> hits from high, medium to low when you're elk hunting. You hit that low spot and it's tough to get out. Yeah. I guess I guess what I love the most about Lucas is he comes down, he 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 buys the tags, you know, from yeah out of state and he's He's all gung-ho about everyone else getting their tags filled. And it's like, hey, you're the guest, you know, you're great company, great friend, you know, come come on down. and I spent a whole other week. You, let's hunting. see if you can get a bull. And yeah. I spent a whole not, other he, week. He cares about everyone else first. Oh, yeah. And there's it's, not many guys, mine and Jake's age and Dylan, that like to get out and go hunting. So when we met you and Davidson and then old Lucas and – Brandon Williams, Brandon Williams, Tyler Houston, yeah, and Tyler. It's yeah, it's, yeah, we, awesome. it's all getting, it's getting great. together and putting a hunting camp in and spiking out in the woods and eating Chef Boyardee and <laughs> beef jerky, making wife mad, jellies. And, yeah, making oh. Miller's wife mad and <laughs> yeah. got to give it to them, the old wives. You know, they yeah. put up with they put up with a lot. Yeah, oh, yeah. my wife puts up with too much probably, but. <laughs> That's your mother. Your, your, your roommate. My roommate. Your roommate. The old tube. She's a great woman. <laughs> no, I met these guys uh, three, four years ago at Shooting League. They were 21. <laughs> Fresh off the teat. Cutting block. And uh, see, I was 31. Not much more mature than them, but. <laughs> you had a few more years of experience. A few more years though. of experience, and I seen these guys were. Great outdoorsman, so I thought, hey, you know, we might be able to make something out of these guys. And every time I'd call them, oh, yeah, I'll go hunting with you. I ain't got nothing else to do. 
You got gas money, Miller? Yeah, I, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Miller, we taking your truck or mine? My truck's on empty, so we might not make paid, it home. I don't get paid till the end of the month. Yeah, so I have ten bucks left in my savings account. So if we could, you take your truck? That'd be awesome. That's a good history. Uh, now we what? Four years later, I think we'll we be hunting together forever i think we've now a lot we've of memories we've our, become family in yeah. four years yeah. we've built our hunting partners that's yeah that's what it's all about you know when you're young and your dad has his hunting partner and you look up to him and what he does and what him and his hunting partners do and now i think i think we're uh me and lucas are the what mid-30s generation yeah and these two young whippersnappers <laughs> are the, the torch. The next generation, as far, as far as I'm concerned, you know, a lot of youth are you're, they're out there busy doing other things and uh, not hunting and passionate about it. And these guys, I mean, every minute you go to the beach and they're trying to figure out how they can get a seal tag. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting a, Man, I could have just double lunged that those two otters. 20 yards. <laughs> they want to shoot the seal. We're sitting there eating crab legs and they want to shoot the seal that's out the window man i could hit one in the heart and one in the head right now one shot it's just a, a, a testament to yeah their focus on the outdoors at 24 7 i think they got more hard into that than anything else really which yeah. is good it's no, great it's... to have around and they don't want to get out of the woods ever they want to be in the woods from sun up till sundown yep no it's been fun i've I've really enjoyed it. I mean, I've hunted with a lot of people, and I think what's neat about our group is, is, you know, we got Elk Bugle in here, Elk Bugle in here. Ben takes Jake and Tyler. I take Brandon and Nick. And then the next day, I take Jake and Tyler. You know, I mean, we we all understand each other well enough to hunt with each other that we can break into two groups where I think we understand each other's abilities and uh, who should call, who should, you know, set up and video or who should shoot so it's cool to have that option when you get out in the elk woods you know to know that you've got someone that you spent time with and you know their tendencies and what they're what they do so uh yeah it's been it's been fun it's, well, been it's really all fun. it's all serious when we get to hunting there's no goofing off or nothing all serious getting the animal <laughs> yeah, down we don't joke around there's no joking no joke whatsoever no not at all. Not in the elk woods. I don't need. I don't need to do sit ups when I laugh so hard, my stomach hurts, and I feel like I'm going to pass out. <laughs> oh, it's an hour coming in town. Oh, geez. But, well, gentlemen, closing comments. What uh, in your trip to California? So thinking about the time you spent here, you guys got a little more time, but Ben's been here for three, four days, and going to be hitting back on the road. What? I mean, is there anything that jumps out at you? Maybe preconceived notions coming here thinking, man, I'm going to California. But now that you guys have been here, I mean, is there anything that you kind of walk away with that um, has maybe changed your mind about this place? No, I I can't wait to come back next year. I mean, you never want to give up. I mean, there's always always that next hill you got to go over. And, you know, you respect that. I mean, there's always learning experiences. And we just want to... We want to say thank you, Lucas, for, mm-hmm. you know, welcoming, welcoming, welcoming us in, you know, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, Hunting man. here is totally different. Totally different. Scenery's beautiful, rolling hills. It's about as green as it gets. Grass is knee high. Animals everywhere. I mean, when you think Cali, you don't think 
tule elk and a couple antelope here and there and black-tailed deer everywhere. I think L.A. and traffic jams <laughs> here and there. And, sure. But, yeah, it's been a it's been a great experience. I'd definitely come back. Maybe not next year, but following years. Why not next year? <laughs> well, I'm really I'm really hoping to go to Africa next year, but I gotta see if my old paycheck will handle that. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to go talk to the the bank at Beaverhead County and see if they can't get you a little money. Yeah, he can get a hunting loan. They give those out all the time. Yeah, I think so. I'll have to talk to him about it. Yeah, I vacation what, loan. I might I think. be able to help you out with that, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> what I what I take away from this trip is, yeah, California. We drive around in Southwest Montana. We Lucas shows up and he's excited to go hunting, and he brings that extra energy that he has that no one else does to get us out in the hills and not just road hunting like we do best, but a lot of miles from the truck, too many miles from the truck. And you come out to California, and I didn't plan on seeing an elk. And, geez, we saw herds of elk. We saw, I don't know, 100, 200 blacktail. Oh, at least. Yeah, uh, probably close to that many in elk, too. Turkeys clucking around and chasing each other. and Coyotes, a lot of coyotes. A lot of coyotes, coyotes yeah. Yeah, yeah. In Montana, you dream of seeing a coyote, and the ranchers kind of have them figured out here in California. There's coyotes everywhere, and the antelope today, and I wasn't here on, what, two, uh, Wednesday? They went out and seen some buffalo, I guess. Yeah. It's just great out here. There's there's a lot more than a person thinks of, when, but it's all set up by Lucas. He knows the right areas to go and the public lands to be on. And there's quite a bit of public land around here, he's according to the map. <laughs> Yeah, you open a yeah. BLM map and it's white. Nick, he didn't know if it was a snowstorm blew through or that <laughs> Nick was... looked a little confused. <laughs> yeah, there's no yellow dots on them. Or green or no. anything but white. Slim, white. very slim. It's a lot of white. But no, it was it's a eye opening experience to be out here and I recommend uh if you come out you need to do your homework before you show up. Uh Get a hold of one of them, what, hunting lodges or what are they? Yeah, they, the, they've got the uh, um, hunting clubs. Hunting clubs or, you know, get a hold of some. You someone. can join some of those. Because there's, there's little homework to do in Montana getting on public land. There's a lot of homework to do in California, and there's, geez, there's roads everywhere. I didn't realize how many roads there would be out here. You Like these guys alluded to, we thought it was just the interstate going through and there was traffic jams and we haven't seen a traffic jam yet <laughs> jake needs pendleton he's getting parched jeez well on my behalf if i had a closing comment it would be i've had a heck of a time hosting you guys um it's been it's been a lot of fun just being able to kind of get out and not do exactly what we do in montana but give it some flavor of similar similarity of what we do and that's just getting outdoors and again if it's you know chasing a coyote or you know we did see some pigs you know that was kind of cool we've seen we've seen some pigs and that was 
kind of our target. And the, the beauty of it is, is we've still got uh, another week. We've got you guys out here and we've got some stuff lined up left to do. So it's in my full intention to send you guys home with some, with some pork, hopefully a couple, a couple good pigs. And, uh, yeah, and then we're going to do some fishing and, and just have fun. I think that's what this is about is having fun. And, you know, I, I talk about it in a few of the podcasts, but, you know, we, we kind of designed RNA Outdoors to be public land DIY adventures, you know, and that's what that's what we do. That's what we like to do, and, and that's what we're about. Um, you know, it's easy to give a guy six, seven hundred bucks, go out and shoot an animal. But, um, well, yeah. In some cases, it you know it could be two hundred bucks. Some cases, it could be a thousand bucks. But um, the thrill of going out and doing it by yourself on your own, and uh, you know getting it done—that's what this is all about. And that's kind of what we what we've based a lot of this on is is public land DIY hunting, and it's those adventures that that we like to have. So it's been fun. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, looking forward to many more years of. Jake sitting there across from me, put trying to kill the bottle of Pendleton. Hope that his beard good. longer next year. Pendleton is good Canadian whiskey. <laughs> I will say that uh, there hasn't been this much beer in a short term go through this house. Um, two thirty sixes, two thirties, and <laughs> those yeah, two guys. those guys are <laughs> those guys know how to put it away. They are in their mid twenties. They are. I remember those days. <laughs> like we said, we learned from the best. <laughs> <laughs> but on behalf of the thank world headquarters here at RNA Outdoors, I thank you guys for coming out to visit and appreciate you guys giving a little insight and uh, sharing those experiences with us. And look forward to doing it again soon. Thank right? you. Thank, thank you, you, Lucas. Thank, thank you, Lucas. Lucas. Appreciate it. All right, guys, signing off. Hey everyone, this is Lucas Pa, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, go to Podcasts app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it'll automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or just use our website www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Instagram at Rod N Arrow Outdoors, and Facebook, RNA Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, get involved with conservation efforts, and know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, see you guys on the next ridge.